Welcome back, our twisted little friends. You are listening to Murder Maidens, a podcast dedicated to discussing crimes committed by women. Your hosts are Monica, Robin, Sandy. (laughs) She didn't even try. (laughs) And today's host is Robin. (laughs) Thank you. So today we are going to talk um, about a Miss Gertrude Banaszewski. Banaszewski. Um, so I don't. You may not know her um, by her name, but I'm probably sure once I get into the case, you guys probably will recognize who she is. Um, so Gertrude. Banaszewski uh, was also known as Gertrude Wright and was called the Torture Mother. Um, And she was an Indiana divorcee uh, who oversaw and facilitated the prolonged torture, mutilation, and eventual murder of a teenage girl in her home. I do not know this, but Mm -hmm. you've never heard about this? Okay. I've read uh, the book, and I've seen the movie, so that's the only reason I know about the case. Um, So, uh, what makes this case a little bit unique is that Banaszewski, while she did play an active role in Lycan's murder, the majority of the torture that eventually was brought upon Likens and, you know, ultimately led to her demise was actually carried out by Banaszewski's teenage children and other neighborhood children. Oh. Hmm. That ain't cool. No. It's most certainly not. And I want to know where all these, like, we know, obviously, her teenage kids, but, like, the rest of the parents, like, yeah. these children. She's got talking about kids are assholes. This is true. All right, so Ban Banaszewski was born uh, Gertrude von Fossen in 1929. She was the third of six children. She should have. She just should have kept that name. That's pretty badass, Gertrude von Fossen. Von Fossen. Um. We do know that she had a close bond with her father, but she was, like, you know, hot and cold, apparently, with her mother. Um, When her father died in 1940, she was 11 years old, and she actually watched him die of a sudden heart attack. Um, Five years after that, Banaszewski dropped out of school at the age of 16 to marry 18-year-old deputy John Banaszewski. Uh, by whom she had four children with. Um, They, you know, he was abusive. He would, you know, constantly beat her. um, And they stayed together for about 10 years, but eventually divorced. Um, Gertrude was granted custody of their four children. Um, About a year after her divorce, she actually married a man named Edward Gunthry. Um, who, after three months, uh, got divorced because she was tired. He was tired of having to deal with her kids. It's understandable. Uh, 
Yeah. I don't blame him. <laughs> Run for the hills. Um, and then after that, she actually reconciled and remarried with John, her first husband. Um, they stayed together for about seven more years and actually had two more children. So a total of six. Um, How do people have so they... many kids? Yeah. I can't. Yeah. When, when, was, this t- when was this timeline again? Um, when they find this, uh, at, when they finally divorced, uh, permanently, it was 1963. Okay. Okay. So earlier. That yeah. Sense. So that, that does make sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah. This case, uh, is in the sixties. Gotcha. So. Okay. Um, and then, you know, shortly after the divorce, she started having, uh, she was 37 and she began having, uh, an affair and moved in with a 23-year-old named Dennis Lee Wright. But he was also abusive. (laughs) Monica. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She actually got pregnant by him twice, um, but she did suffer one miscarriage, um, which it was said that it could have possibly been a result of an assault that she had uh, endured by right. Uh, But she did end up giving birth to one child, uh, Dennis Jr. Uh, He was her last child. Um, Now, she had seven children total, six from John and one from Dennis. um, And she had also had six miscarriages. So she had been... Yeah, she had been pregnant 13 times. Girl. Get on some birth control. For real. Clothes on legs. So, with all, you know, you know, little trysts or whatever to younger men, it's no surprise that after Dennis Jr.'s birth, uh, Dennis Wright Sr. abandoned her and disappeared. He went to get cigarettes and never came back, <laughs> if I had to guess. Yeah. Um, so she was left, you know, par- like destitute um, because Wright, you know, had been supporting her and all the kids financially. And so now she had to support her, not only herself, but all children, um, you know, with only the occasional child support payments that, you know, John would send to her. But he was very unreliable so she wound up uh taking odd jobs around town like babysitting and doing laundry uh now to make matters worse as if they weren't already in financial trouble uh her 17 year old daughter paula um, wound up getting pregnant after she had a fling with a middle-aged married man I don't know. These people. These people. Uh, Banazuski, she started to get, like, ill. Um, It's not quite sure uh, what exactly was wrong with her, but she stopped practicing proper hygiene. She really didn't eat. It kind of affected, like, her outer appearance. She, like, started to look very, like, skeletal. Her eyes were sunken in. Her hairline started to recede. Um, 
but she started um started to present herself as Miss Wright uh, to keep up with like some, you know, sort of respectability in the town because obviously Banaszewski, I guess, even though she was never married to Dennis Wright, Banaszewski, he was an abuser and he had like a hundred kids clearly, so. Yeah. So in July of 1965, Paula met up with her friend of hers, Darlene McGuire, who introduced her to two new neighborhood girls, Sylvia Marie Likens, who was 16, and Sylvia's younger sister, Jenny, who was 15. Now, Jenny um, had polio, so she was required to walk with braces. Mm -hmm. Um, They took them back. Uh, Paula took the girls to her house at 3850 East New York Street. Uh, they listened to records, you know, hung out. Uh, at the time, Lycan's mother, Betty, uh, was in the county jail for shoplifting. And Sylvia was basically left to care for her sister. Um, Betty had abandoned uh, the girl's father, Lester, and basically kidnapped the girls. And ended up, I guess, here in Indiana. Um, when... Paula heard about, you know, what was going on with the girls and her mother and everything like that. She said that it would be fine if Sylvia and Jenny slept over that night. Uh, The next day, Lester finally arrived in town, tracked down his wife, and then ran into McGuire, who, after recognizing the description of the two girls, showed him where Banaszewski lived. Um, Banaszewski obviously introduced herself as Miss Wright to Lester. As they struck up a conversation, um, they actually started talking about the possibility that Sylvia and Jenny would become boarders at her house. Um, I th- but <laughs> he knows nothing about this woman. Yes, this is true. <laughs> it's just like, okay, I've had one conversation with you. Let these girls live here. Yep, basically. Uh, his wife. Uh, he bailed Betty out of jail and they agreed to travel on the carnival circuit at <laughs> Carney's. Why? <laughs> and, you know, since obviously they were going to be Carney's, the girls needed to go to school. So they decided. Um, How awesome, though, would it have been to grow up in a carnival? I don't I know. There's wish- just. I, for, so for me, there's just nothing that rubs me the wrong way than a carny. Like, I that just, would be, a, that would be an amazing life. I don't, I, I don't wish know. a carny would rub me the yeah. wrong way. <laughs> Especially a little one. Not that wrong way. <laughs> yes. The other wrong way. The littler, the better. But like, I don't know. There's just, I, when I hear a carny, I like, I get like not good vibes. Do do you think like when you hear Cardi, do you think like dirty people because they like don't shower? Not even that, but like well, they do live in trailers. So, so. like, I hear. So, I think it's just because like I hear so many stories of like them being like legit dirt bags, molesting mm-hmm. and like raping and like because they moved so quick town so to quickly, town yeah. that like so for me it's 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 like I think like they're they're legit the bottom of the barrel or shit yeah. So, I don't think of it as necessary as, like, 
sanitation, like, hygiene, stuff like that. Like, whatever, everybody just does that. I think of it as, like, the, the crime side of it. Like, crime. I don't, okay. when I hear a carny, I don't think upstanding citizens i think like well maybe when exact where are all these stories that you're hearing yeah i mean i I can't think of all the top of my head but like i know no in her head head. i know there has been multiple stories well because i knew maybe maybe all of them i know are guys but like Uh, i knew a couple who was a girl and guy and traveled with the circus and their job was to um operate the rides um, well, her job was operate the rides. Her husband's job was to set the rides up. And they traveled. And they were very, very nice people. They had kids and everything like that. And I'm and not saying you they, can't be, but, like, I just, I think of, it like, the opposite. I think you're thinking of, like, remember that movie back in the day with Alicia Silverstone and she decided to be a detective and there was the carnival in town, and she was teaming up with the cop. And there's the rabbit's foot. No, I was looking at you like you're crazy. <laughs> I know. It was such an amazing movie. I remember the movie with Reese Witherspoon where she gets fingered on a uh, fear. Fear, yeah. Fear, fear, yeah. They were at a, they were the, at, at a, a carnival. carnival. <laughs> that has nothing to do with Courtney. <laughs> I mean, like, that's the only carnival movie I can think that's of. That's the only carnival movie I can think of. And first off, first off, that was Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yes. Good and God. He can do whatever he wants yes. to me at the carnival. He could shove his whole fist up there. <laughs> I, would, I would like to have a vagina when he's done. <laughs> I don't know why I always, like, think, like, I'm like, oh, you're going to get fisted. There's nothing left. Like, you're torn to shreds. Like, why would you a be child? A yeah, child, a child, child comes out I know, there. but like. There are videos with people putting fists up there. I know, but like, for me, I just immediately. I had the like, video on there. She was carrying <laughs> yeah. it. I so, immediately think, like, oh, there's a fist up there. You have no vagina left. So, well, did you, did you ever see the video? There was a guy who um, actually, he was a bald guy, and he put his whole head into a girl's vagina, like oh, his actual Jesus. head. Yes. So wait, so there's this video going around like this, this bald guy put his head into this girl's vagina and like went like this inside there. Right. So we went to go see a band we loved. I don't know if you ever remember them called um, My Darkest Days. Yeah. Okay. So the lead singer from My Darkest Days is now the lead singer of Three Days Grace. Oh, wow. Because his brother, his brother was the guitarist and the original singer. Something happened to him. So now he took over. So he, they, uh, My Darkest Days. days, Yeah, My Darkest Days broke up and uh, the main guy is now the lead singer to Three Days Grace. So anyway, so we're in Allentown and we're at the My Darkest Days concert and they brought this video up and they're like, hey, has anyone ever seen this video? And we're like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there goes, oh. Does anyone recognize this guy here? The guy in the band is the guy in the video. Oh, Jesus. Yes. I'm surprised he didn't get suffocated. Yes. <laughs> well, could you imagine if your head gets stuck up there? That's uh, yeah. a way to die. That is. Yeah. I mean, you have to have lube, right? Like, you have yeah. to be doused in lube. Yeah. yeah, I imagine so. Could you imagine the, that phone call to the police? <laughs> <laughs> I have a man stuck in my vagina. <laughs> I need you to help. He can't breathe. He's suffocating. <laughs> He's suffocating. 
come quick. <laughs> oh, you'll come quick for sure. <laughs> I mean, that, that might help him slip out. <laughs> I would hope. Oh, so, oh wait, oh, wait so, I would hope. So, where, how did we get fucking here? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. So let's get back to Carney. So there was a killer Carney. Um, apparently the lobster boy was on trial for murder. Oh, for his girlfriend, right? His I, wife. I, was that what it was? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Or was it? Oh, no, no, no. Else? It was the girl. It was the girl. So the girl was on trial for killing her husband, the lobster boy. The lobster boy, yeah. yeah. The beard. Was he married to the bearded lady? Possibly. Okay, I think so. I don't know. Anyway, oh, so in the movie that I was talking about with Alicia Silverstone, it has Alicia Silverstone and Kevin Dillon, and it's called True Crime. Watch it. Okay. I tell you this. I tell you. It's a great right. movie. It's a good oldie, but goodie. All right, anyway, so. So back to the carnies. <laughs> back to the carnies. Back to carnies. Okay, so obviously at the end of the day, Lester agreed to leave the girls with Gertrude, um, and he would pay her $20 a week to care for them. Um, now, you know, Lester, I don't know, like, if he came in the house or when he had this conversation, but he never actually inspected the house that he was going to leave his two daughters there. Um, well, Lester the molester who's leaving to join the carnival doesn't seem like he's a very, you know, stand-up guy anyway. He probably has my IQ. Whoa. Okay. Um. (laughs) I was like, that was a good joke. We were like, yeah, probably. (laughs) We weren't surprised. We were. I fucking hate you. I fucking hate you. I quit. Quit this bullshit. Uh, So Gertrude actually didn't have a stove or a microwave. Uh, There was only enough beds in the house for half of the people that were living there. Um, and the only thing really in the pantry was bread and crackers. The place was really dirty. Um, and they only had enough eating utensils and plates for three people. Remember, she's got seven kids. Yeah. And herself. And she's going to take two more people. So that's ten people. And only enough beds for about four and only enough food items and everything like that for three. Um, so, of course, you know, what happens when you first move in and the beginning of something? The first week went splendidly. Everything was going great. They got, they, you know, went to high school. They started making friends. Um, they would go to church with Gertrude on Sunday. Everything was peachy keen. Until... Lester's $20 payment failed to arrive. At that point, Banaszewski threw a huge temper tantrum, screamed at the girls, and told them that I took care of you two bitches for nothing, before forcing them to lie across the bed with their skirts and underwear around their ankles while she beat their asses. Um, shortly after that, when Lester and Betty came to town, neither of them mentioned anything, uh, about the beatings, most likely because they were threatened. Now, the next week, uh, Jenny and Sylvia decided that 
they wanted candy, but they didn't have money, so they went and went through the people's trash and got all the Coca-Cola bottles and sold them uh, for money. Smart. Now when... Yeah, they gotta be... Resourceful. Yeah. Um, so now when they came home with the candy, of course, Gertrude accused them of stealing. Um, when Sylvia told her how they actually got the money she was accused of lying and once again she had to be bent over the bed and she got smacked with a paddle um now one day after church um well church social the kids that live there the banazuski children told um Gertrude that they were disgusted at the amount of food that Sylvia had eaten I guess at the social um which you not surprising when all you have is like crackers yeah in the house um but she got mad and you know got yelled at Sylvia asking her why she would try to ruin her physical appearance and forced her to eat a hot dog piled with condiments when Sylvia vomited Gertrude forced her to scoop the vomit up and oh. eat it. No. That's not even the worst part, ladies. Um, again, Betty and Lester came back into town. And again, nothing was mentioned of any incidents prior. Um... So, in August of 1965, um, Banaszewski's, like, mental stability was starting to decline. And it appears that when she overheard Sylvia say that she had once allowed a boy to feel her up, um, it, like, triggered something in her. And then she kind of really started targeting Sylvia even more. Uh, she yelled, you know, curse words at her, accused her of being a prostitute, uh, told the whole house she was pregnant uh, because she let a boy touch her vagina. Well, if that's how you get pregnant, I, <laughs> I might have more than fucking seven kids. <laughs> yeah. So then Gertrude turned around and attacked Sylvia by repeatedly kicking her in the crotch. Uh, when Sylvia went to sit down after the incident, Paula threw her out of the chair and informed her, you ain't fit to sit in chairs. And then from then on, anytime Sylvia wanted to sit down, she had to have permission. I mean, you're not... You're, I, <clears throat> at this point, like, she's not, like... A child child she's 16 yeah yeah I mean like I I feel like at that point I would just be like I'm out like you know what I mean like I'd probably rather live on the streets than deal with that crap all the time I guess maybe she was also thinking of like her sister she also has a sister who's younger and her younger sister is the one with the polio right yeah so and she has these crutches and so probably that was probably even the Her reason motivation. she stayed. So. Alrighty. I so <laughs> does getting kicked in the vagina 
hurt as bad as getting kicked in the balls? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't have balls. Well, I, so I don't know how it would feel to I get mean, kicked in the balls. I, Apparently, it hurts a bit, pretty I mean, bad. The guys act like they're dying. Well, I mean, if you get kicked in the vagina, like you have bones and stuff. Yeah, it's so hurts. So like, it, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, so it's not going to be a pleasant experience either way. You, you also have to figure, too, guys get a cold and it's the end of the world. So exactly. True, is it really? True. Like, if they had to give childbirth, like, there'd be no they would, more people. Exactly. No, they would be done. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like guys are, like, whenever they get sick, they're, like, basically Derek Zoolander when he went down to the mine for, like, one hour. And he's like, <laughs> <coughs> I think I got the black lung paw. <laughs> That's how guys are. They are. Yeah. So it's like perfectly sums up men. Yeah. Um, so, you know, after this, um, she started to let, uh, Gertrude started to let her older children start using Sylvia as basically their living plaything. Um, and they could play games with her, anything from beating her to pushing her down the stairs. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't um, even know when it's coming because it's yeah. coming from all sides now. Yes. Um, they think, like, there's some, you know, theory that the reason that Gertrude was so, like targeting Sylvia and like so angry with her is because like she saw like the beauty and opportunity for happiness that um you know she no longer has clearly yeah. you know yeah um and that like basically all of this was her own self-loathing that she's like reflecting on to Sylvia um and that, you know, some people think she had kind of a little bit of a mental break. You know, she does have seven kids. She can't support them. Mm-hmm. You know, she was beat by her husband, and then they remarried, and he still abused her. And then she got with this younger guy who then abused her, got her pregnant, and then disappeared. So, I mean, I'm sure her mental health wasn't in tip-top shape, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Uh, she would, you know, deliver these, like, sermons, like, to the kids about Sylvia, saying that she was a prostitute and, like, I don't know, she was filthy. It was just really weird. Um, and then the day after Gertrude kicked uh, Sylvia in the crotch, um, Sylvia and Jenny, you know, tried to tell their, you know, classmates... Um, that they had seen Paul and Ste- uh, Paul and Stephanie. Uh, Stephanie was actually the second oldest child of Gertrude. So, like out of vengeance, they told people at their school that they were having sex with boys in exchange for money. I don't know why. Um, now, Stephanie had a 15-year-old boyfriend named Coy Hubbard, and when he figured out that Sylvia and Jenny were spreading these rumors. Uh, he came over to the house and actually beat Sylvia for doing that. I know. Um, Banozuski actually encouraged uh, Koi to come over 
and she would instruct him to practice his judo on <laughs> Sylvia. Jesus. Yes. Um, now, at the time, Sylvia still did have some, like, friends at school and stuff like that. And so one time, Sylvia's best friend, who was 13, named Anna, um, had come over to see Sylvia. Um, but after being left in the, with Gertrude, um, Gertrude convinced her that uh, Sylvia was spreading rumors that Anna's mother was a whore. Um, so as soon as Anna and Sylvia got together, then Anna attacked Sylvia. <laughs> now, Banaszewski uh, also told another girl um, that Sylvia was spreading rumors about her mother and then pitted them against each other in a fist fight. Um, at one point, uh, Jenny, Sylvia's sister, was told to hit Sylvia and when she refused, Gertrude began beating Jenny in the face until Jenny finally agreed to punch Sylvia. Well, in August 1965, the home next door finally, it was like in a vacant home, finally was purchased. And a couple named Phyllis and Raymond Vermillion moved in. Um, now, Phyllis seen all the children coming in and out of Gertrude's house and thought, hmm, she'd make a good babysitter. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um... And in exchange, you know, she would help her, you know, by paying her. Um, now, the, the new neighbors arranged for a backyard barbecue so that the two families could get to know each other. Um, during the barbecue, Phyllis noticed Sylvia walking around with a black eye. Paula proudly announced that she's the one who gave Sylvia the black eye. Then, under Banazuski's supervision, Paula approached Sylvia with a glass of steaming water and threw it in Sylvia's face. The neighbors witnessed this, and neither of them did called anything. the authorities. No. Please tell me they did not use the babysitting <laughs> services after seeing this. No, I don't think so. Okay, thank God. Uh, two months later, Phyllis um, went to... Gertrude's house to borrow something. She was only there a couple minutes, um, but she noticed Sylvia wandering around in a daze with swollen lips and a black eye that had been swollen shut. And then Paula came in and to demonstrate how Sylvia got these marks and these bruises and stuff, she took her belt off and beat Sylvia right in front of Phyllis. And again, Nothing happened. Nobody called the authorities. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, after that, Sylvia had come home and said that she needed an outfit for gym class. Um, when Sylvia was told that she, they didn't have enough money to afford one, um, she actually stole one from school. Um, and obviously when she came home, Gertrude found the, uh, you know, the gym outfit 
and realized that she was lying and that because she told her that she had gotten it and eventually Gertrude got her to confess that she stole it um and then of course you know Banna Banaszewski was all over the place everything from calling her a thief to a prostitute she threw her on the ground uh kicked her repeatedly in the crotch um with all the crotch kicking I god i'm hurting um, i'm closing my legs so hard right now <laughs> now the cure to uh gertrude thought that the best way to cure sylvia's sticky fingers was to burn the tips of her fingers with a lit cigarette And, like, she says nothing to her teachers, like, or or the teachers don't say anything when she shows up with a black eye that she can't open. Yeah. Or no fingertips anymore, like. Well, this was the 60s, too, so. True. But, oh, Corporal punishment was a little bit different back then. Yeah, but still, like, I understand, like, punishing and stuff like that, but beating the shit out of somebody? Yeah, I don't think it was really, nobody cared back then. Yeah. To be honest with you. Um. And now to remind her never to steal again, all the people who smoked in the house used her as an ashtray from then on out. I mean, at this point, come on, like social services, like foster care has got to be better than this. Oh, anything. I would have rather lived on the street. That's what I'm saying. I was say, run away. Like, look, living on the street and prostituting yourself is better than what's actually going on inside this house right oh it hasn't we're not even at the worst part yet (laughs) oh my god all right so one day uh sylvia decided to go out and sell old soda bottles um she came home and of course once again gertrude's on this she's a prostitute kick because she had money Um, So she took her into the living room. She forced her to strip naked by threatening her sister, Jenny. And in front of her sons and other neighborhood boys, she handed Sylvia a glass bottle and forced her to masturbate with it in front of the boys. I can't. (laughs) After that, uh, Sylvia became incoherent. Uh, probably because she had some sort of break, mental breakdown, I would assume. Um, so at that point, uh, Gertrude decided that she was no longer fit to live with the humans, and she got locked in the basement. Now, I know her sister was younger and obviously had it, but like... She was only a year younger, though. Exactly. Yeah, she was 15. She was 15. Like, with... Her sister didn't do anything? I don't know. I don't know too much about polio to know exactly what, like, any of the symptoms. I don't know if it's just, like, your muscle. Yeah, it's more like a musculoskeletal kind of thing. Yeah, right? Oh, okay. I didn't know if it had to do with, like, maybe mentally or something. Like, does it, is there, like, a link between, like, a mental defect with it? But, like, mental... intellectual disabilities but like it's just crazy to me that like sylvie's getting all this and jenny you hear nothing about it's like who's my sister i'm trying to stand up for her yeah did no, you also have, i was 
Probably it was just like more muscular cell, like muscle weakness, loss of muscle, yeah. headache, nausea, slow growth, fatigue, stuff like that. But nothing, not nothing like mentally. mental. Yeah. But you also got to think of it this way. As an older sister, you're going to take the hit for your younger sister to protect her. Yeah, but no matter as how a younger bad it sister, is, I de- would try Depending to... on the sister. <laughs> this is true. As a younger sister, I would also try to help. As an older sister, depending on which younger sister, I might just be yeah. like, I don't give a fuck. I volunteer her as trivia. <laughs> yeah, true. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no. I mean, you, you also got to remember, like, we weren't there. We weren't in that situation. Like, we don't know, like, anything about either of the girls. Like, yes, they're 15 and 16, but obviously you see what their parents are they're not yeah, that's true. 100% winners like you don't know where they were like mentally confident yeah, true. you know so you don't know like they could still have like younger minds and not really able to comprehend you know yeah so I mean I'm not 100% sure about that but Sylvia was banished to the basement there was no toilet down there so Hershey was forced to use the bathroom on the floor um, when Gertrude saw that she was using the ba- the floor as a toilet, um, she became a, began a bathing regimen to clean Sylvia because she was a dirty girl. Well, you lock her in the basement with no, not even a bucket. Like, what do you yeah. expect? So she would fill the bathtub with scolding hot water, bound Sylvia's wrists and ankles, and she would dunk her in the hot water. Um, sometimes it happened multiple times a day. Sometimes it happened once a week, twice a week. Um, and then after that would happen, Paula would rub Sylvia's body with salt. Um, eventually there was a 14-year-old neighborhood boy, um, named Ricky Hobbs, who became Gertrude's assistant, uh, to help her deal with Sylvia. Um, now, before this whole incident, Hobbs was considered an honor student, um, but once he started hanging around with Gertrude, his, you know, demeanor changed. He was, would follow her orders, um, and there was some rumor that he may have been her lover. Ugh. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. yeah. I would think that, too. Um... Banizewski's uh, children began using Sylvia to make money by charging the neighborhood kids to look at her naked or push her down the steps of the basement. <sighs> she stayed in the basement unless she was being cleaned. She was always naked and underfed. If she did get to eat, she would be forced to eat in weird ways, like using her hands to eat soup. Um... Gertrude had her 12-year-old son, John Jr. uh, Oh, her and her 12-year-old son would make Sylvia clean the basement by allowing her to eat her own feces. Oh. I knew that was fucking coming. When you were talking about shit, like, going to the bathroom on the floor, I knew somehow they were going to make her eat it. Mm -hmm. And then they gave Sylvia a container in which she could collect her urine, but then she was made to drink it. I mean, just... 
gotta switch devices. Um, so, you know, this was all, you know, this was the abuse that Sylvia has suffered. Now, at some point, her sister Sylvia was able to get uh, in contact with her older sister Diana. Um, and Jenny told her all about everything that happened to Sylvia. Go, Jenny. Her. Uh, the, she contacted the police to come rescue them. Um, oh, and she asked it, Diana, to contact the police. But um, Diana ignored the letter, thinking that she was making up the stories. What? Uh, Judy Duke also told her mother about the incident um she was a neighborhood girl and her mother replied that this is what happened when someone was being punished yeah uh, locked in a basement for seat your own shit while you're naked like that's mm -hmm. that's crazy um the reverend of the church roy julian um had actually came and visit the home um, and Gertrude was, like, complaining that, um, uh, oh, yeah, she was complaining that she was a burden, that she was sleeping with married men, that she got pregnant, all this other stuff. Um, did he say that she needed an intervention? Oh, yep. Um, he said that he would pray for her salvation. Uh, Diana eventually did come visit her sister, but Banaszewski wouldn't let her come into the house. Um, uh, eventually, Diana did contact social services. Uh, when social services were, came to the house, um, Gertrude told her that they kicked Sylvia out because she was physically unclean and a prostitute and that Sylvia had since run away. Um... And then she threatened Jenny. Um, and then, of course, that was the end of that. The social worker never followed up. So then on October 20th, uh, Gertrude called the police to come arrest a boy at her home. Robert Bruce Hanlon was a local youth who claimed that Banozuski children had stolen things from his basement. Um, he had come to the home earlier demanding the return of the things, but she refused, and then he came to take it back. Uh, Phyllis witnessed Hanlon being put in the back of a squad car, uh, but they never mentioned anything about Sylvia to the police. Uh, on the 21st, Sylvia was brought up from the basement and tied to the bed. Um, and that if she could hold her bladder through the night, she would be allowed to sleep upstairs again. Uh, but of course she wet the bed. Um, she had the strict tease for the sons and the neighborhood of boys and masturbate with the Coke bottle again. Uh, basically she just kept getting abused again and again and again. 
so here we go. Um, so over the course of the night on October 25th, Sylvia beat the basement floor with a scoop portion of an iron shovel. Um, the neighbors did hear the noise, but they never called the cops. They said they thought about it, but they didn't. Um, on October 26th, uh, Gertrude was going to give Sylvia her bath. Uh, Stephanie and Ricky brought Sylvia upstairs and laid her in the tub fully closed, then took her out shortly thereafter, but she wasn't breathing. They gave her CPR, but she was already dead. Um, Banaszewski instructed her to take the body back to the basement, strip it naked, strip her naked, and call the police. When the cops arrived, Gertrude told them, basically, um, I don't know. It doesn't say what exactly she said was the reason. But Jenny did tell them to get her out of there and she would tell them everything. And then after that, they were all arrested. Um, let's see. Banaszewski, her children, Hobbs and Hubbard were all held without bail. Um, the charges against uh, some of the other kids who were involved were dismissed. Um, Stephanie... Stephanie got her own separate trial and they dropped the murder charges. Uh, when an autopsy was done on Sylvia Lichen, she had a hundred cigarette burns to her body. She had second and third degree burns, severe bruising, muscle and nerve damage. Um, she had bitten her lips. She almost severed them off. Her vagina cavity was nearly swollen shut. No. Um, her hymen was still intact, so she was never physically with a man um, that way. Um, but she, and they didn't see any uh, problem with the rectum. Like, she wasn't, you know, abused that way. Sexually assaulted, yeah. Yeah. Um, the official cause of death was brain swelling, internal hemorrhaging of the brain, and shock. So, from being beat repeatedly. Yeah. Um, this is considered one of, like, the worst cases in Indiana history. Um, the case of State of Indiana versus Gertrude, John, Paula, Ricky Hobbs, and Coy Hubbard commenced on May of 1966. Um, the prosecution actually sought the death penalty for all involved, including John and Hobbs, who were 13 and 14 years old at the time. Hmm. Um, Paula's time in court was interrupted when she was rushed to the hospital to give birth um, to a child that apparently her and her mother insisted she didn't wasn't carrying. <laughs> we, we had one of those. We had someone at work, like back in the day no 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 i'm not pregnant everyone's like i can see you're pregnant she was yeah. literally like she started having pains at work and they were like rolling her to the er and we were like you're in labor she's like no it's my appendix no you have a child coming out of your vagina it's right there <laughs> so to show her um i guess solidarity with uh gertrude she actually named her child gertrude 
And here's the thing, like you're you're pregnant, you're about to have a child, and you're doing this to another child. Another right? child, yeah. Well, there were monsters. That's true. Um, there were four different attorneys. There was one for Gertrude, one for Paula, one for Hobbs, and one for Corey and John. And they actually all worked against each other, trying to shift the blame on each and every one of the other people. Yeah. Um, actually, Banaszewski, her most avenging testimony was actually her own self-incrimination. Uh, she actually recant, recounted bizarre tales of Sylvia being a neighborhood prostitute and a tryst with a middle-aged married man. Um, and then accused her of starting fights in the house. Um, and then in order to corroborate her testimony, 11-year-old Marie was called to the stand. Marie backed up everything her mother said until during cross-examination. Um, she suddenly screamed, God help me, before admitting everything that she said was a lie. And then she went on to tell exactly what her mother and siblings did to Sylvia. Um, she, so, basically the verdict, uh, and they all were found guilty of murder in the first degree, was basically... From her testimony, the mm -hmm. young girls. Um, but they didn't receive the death penalty. Instead, they got life imprisonment without... Well, Banaszewski got life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. Paula, she was convicted of second-degree murder. Uh, she appealed and was granted a new trial. Um, but before it started, she struck a plea plea bargain and pled guilty to voluntary manslaughter and she only got three years in prison john hubbard and hobbs were each convicted of voluntary manslaughter and sentenced to 18 months in a juvenile detention facility um so now hobbs when he was released he was 17 years old and i guess he finally realized what he had done and his role in all of this so he ended up having a mental breakdown no um, i mean uh by the time he was 21 he was dead of lung cancer hmm. wow. well he was a, became a heavy chain smoker yeah i guess to deal with the nerves that he had that's still that's still pretty quick though yeah that is really that's quick. really young like i know people who smoke like 10 packs of cigarettes a day and are like 70 i think yeah i, know. I think like the formula has changed nowadays too. yeah it's true that is true <laughs> <laughs> the carcinogens back then carcinogen yeah so uh so gertrude did appeal she was granted a new trial and was found guilty again um but this time she was sent to 18 years to life. Uh, That's a big difference. <laughs> I know, to life in prison. Uh, she actually became a model prisoner, uh, worked in the sew shop, became a den mother. Um, she came up for parole in 1985. And ironically, her prison nickname was Mom. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, so when her parole hearing came up, obviously, um, the whole Indiana community was, like, up in arms. Um, 
every, Jenny, all the, her family, you know, spoke out against her, crime groups, protect the innocent, societies league against molestation, um, they basically all came together and did a picket, like, sidewalk picket campaign to stop her from being released. Um, they had collected over 4,500 signatures from citizens of Indiana saying she should be kept behind bars. But, because nothing goes like it should, she was granted parole. Um, during the hearing, she gave the following confession. I'm not sure what role I had in it because I was on drugs. I never <laughs> really knew her. I take full responsibility for whatever happened to Sylvia. She walked out of prison on December 4th, 1985, went to Iowa under the name Nadine Von Fossen. She went back to her maiden name. Um, and she also died of lung cancer in 1990. Uh, we actually don't know what happened to her other children. We know Paula moved to Iowa and has a new identity. Um, she most likely is living on a farm somewhere. Um, Stephanie actually became a school teacher under a new name. John changed his name to John Blake and worked as a truck driver before becoming a real estate agent and a minister. And he was never arrested again. Uh, he had three children. And then in 1998, he surfaced briefly in the wake of the Jonesboro Massacre. Um, and basically saying that... That he took re full responsibility of the murder and thinks that he should have gotten a harsher sentence. And that's it. That's all of them. That was rough. Yes. I always pick like things like this one. I was like, it's just one person. How much information could yeah. it be? It was a lot of information in her yeah. brain. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I need to like research like Martha Stewart again next week or something. <laughs> like we need to go light and airy. I know for real. Who can we re who can we do that's not gonna destroy our souls further i kind of have somebody in mind i have to research and see how much it is but i might i might pivot and do that i have somebody in mind you guys i know neither of you will know who it is so but we need some butt stuff that's that's what we need we do Rob's we need been a, a butt murderer rob's been forcing me to try to do the astronaut the astronaut the astronaut. You don't know the female astronaut? Oh, okay. Maybe I shall explode your minds with knowledge. <laughs> like she's a legit astronaut for, like, NASA or something? Yeah, she was. Oh. Yeah. She didn't kill anyone, though. Okay. Maybe that's what we need. We need a, yeah. a palate cleanser. It's getting, it's getting hard. It's getting, it was dark. It was dark this week. <laughs> Really we, we need to find like a cereal pooper that's what we need to find yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the shitster has, has struck again 
That's what we mean, right? <laughs> Someone who just randomly goes places and leaves upper deckers. Like, yes! The upper decker struck, struck again. Oh Call McGruber. <laughs> oh, Monica, you have our game this week. I, I wonder do. If, I wonder if Brian's going to talk about butt stuff. Butt stuff. It's never butt <laughs> it's, stuff. It's not. Um, all right. So, you are an obsessed hockey fan and have fantasized about being with your favorite player, Bernie Perron. He has rejected you for the last time. Oh, I have no idea anything about hockey, but okay. <laughs> um, Bernie Perron's like an old school. He's like an old guy, yeah, though. Yeah, he's an old, yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, I don't even know who that is. Yeah. Uh, after using your connections, you have managed to get him all alone at the Wells Fargo Center. He has been drugged, so you should be able to catch him. You choose from the following items to end his life. An ice skate, a moist and moldy jock strap, and the Ooh. Zamboni. Oh, you, yeah, it's an old picture. Yeah. Describe how you would catch him using the arena to your advantage. No whore tactics. He has already rejected you. <laughs> so where is he right now? At the Wells Fargo Center, but he's drugged up. And what's what's his? Well, you said uh, we have to catch him if he's drugged up. I, I guess he's. Catch him? I guess he's drugged up running around the Wells Fargo Center. I don't know. What are our that weapons? Makes no sense. Yeah, an an ice skate, a moist and moldy jock strap, and the zamboni. Okay. Um. So this week, Robin is first. Like clearly, I'm gonna go and take the zamboni. The zamboni, right? Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That is, like, the best thing ever. Because guess what? You can kill him and clean it at the same time. Well, that's what's my plan. I'm yeah. going to make it, like, oh, i got to figure out how to get him on the ice. Wait, let me see. He's old. So. But if he's drugged, will he be able to even understand anything I'm saying? Am I have to carry this turd to the ice myself? <laughs> Possibly. <sighs> Okay, so let's just say he's drugged and he's, like, in the locker room because I assume that's where hockey players, like, go. Um, so I am going to – oh, shit, I got it. <laughs> I'm going to tie a big rope around his legs, and then I'm going to go in the Zamboni and just, like, ride around <laughs> until the rope <laughs> just brings his ass to the ice. <laughs> He might get hit by, like, about a thousand walls along the way. <laughs> She's just leaving DNA on everything at this point. It's not my DNA. There's chunks of hair. There's chunks of hair. He'll eventually make it to the ice is the point. <laughs> I'll just keep riding the Zamboni in a circle. <laughs> the string will keep riding around on itself. Um, and then once I got him on the ice, you know, I'm just going to run him over with the Zamboni. And be like, and then I'm just gonna like high tie, high tail, high tail, high tail, tail. Words is hard. High tail it out of there. And uh, obviously, like I had like a whole murder suit on because like I don't know how like ice, like whole. I assume it holds DNA pretty well. Um, so just to be on the safe side, you know, just like swim cap. Leather <laughs> latex suit. <laughs> the cat suit. The cat suit. 
you know, my gloves. Yeah, and then they'll just be like, oh no, he got run over by a Zamboni. Look at this accident. That's all I got. That's what all is, I got to say about that. Like, <laughs> what is it again? It's the dirty jock strap and what else? And uh, ice skate. It's like a dirty, moldy jock strap. Moldy jock strap. Yeah. No. You kill them with that mold, that toxic mold. And if you've ever smelled any hockey, play, hockey players' equipment, it stinks. Nasty. Huh. So what I think I'm going to do, I think I'm going to take the ice skate. I'm going to do the easy way out. He's drugged and running around. So I'm going to make it like, I'm going to call him, like I'm going to have like my guy voice on and be like, Bernie Perrant to the locker room. Your that is food. That's a horrible guy voice. Your cheesesteak is here. <laughs> <laughs> because when you're when you're drinking and drugging, all you want to do is eat. <laughs> drinking and drugging. Drug so you he's going to me. That's my line. It's everybody's line. It's not everybody's line. It's not. Yeah. my face. Everybody's line. <laughs> So we're going, he's going to come running into the, the, uh, player's room. Like, I'm hungry. Give me my food. And <laughs> I'm going to trip him as, oh, I'm going to have a trip line. So when he comes in, he trips, but I'm going to have it measured out. So he trips and he falls right onto the ice skate and slits his throat. Okay. Did he do like the... No, no, no. <laughs> he did I'm like slipping. the little penguin of And he's just gonna go right in his throat and just he's gonna just gonna die that way. You should have been like, Bernie, let's try the iron lotus. <laughs> <laughs> and then just <laughs> head chopped off. <laughs> but and then after he falls, then what I'm gonna do is I'm going to take the and undo the rope that he tripped on. So you can't tell that I purposely tripped him, tripped him. and it looks like he just ran in and tripped. And there's going to be no cheesesteak. <laughs> I am upset. <laughs> I'm upset there's no cheesesteak. I'll I'll get a cheesesteak. Oh, you're a sneaky <laughs> bitch. No cheesesteak? I would be more upset that I got no cheesesteak than that I fell on an ice skate. I'm going to, I'll have the cheesesteak closer to home. Nobody wants the cheesesteaks down in South Philly. They're That's the shitty true. ones. That's true. They're not the good ones anyway. And that's what I'm going to do. So, Monica, you get the dirty, nasty, okay. moldy jock strap. Dirty jock strap. You can um, do it. Uh, hmm. I mean, there's several things we could do. We could, like, shove it down his throat. We could kind of, like, hang him from the jock strap. Hmm. Sure, there's a way to like strangle him with it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh yeah, hang him for a minute. Yeah, hang, strangle, same thing. Stupid. (laughs) Um. Hmm. 
I mean, I feel like we always do autoerotic asphyxiation all the time whenever there's strangling involved. Because <laughs> that's the only way I want to go if I'm being <laughs> I strangled. I mean, true. <laughs> I mean, wrap the jock strap around his neck and, you know, set it up so he's got his wang in his hand. I don't I know if I would have seen it. It works like, every time. I old wang. I'm like he was smelling it and he was <laughs> drug, <laughs> and because he was so high he just like suffocated on it he was like oh i love the smell yeah. of my bones like like <laughs> like he was like almost like sniffing panties while yeah. wiping off yeah oh. <laughs> probably the smell alone would knock him out oh god that's what he's so drugged disgusting. on the smell of oh, his ball smell sweat <laughs> I mean, it doesn't say it's his dirty jock strap. Oh, God. Oh, that's great. Um. <laughs> Ugh. All right. So. He's old, right? Mm. So we can make we can make it this way. We're, we're going to we're going to set it up. So that way he's in the locker room. We're going to have the ice bath filled with, you know, water. We're going to take Giroux's jock strap, right? Because that's probably old and stinking. We're going to put pictures up all over, acting like he's smelling the jock strap while, like, jerking off that he has a heart attack and falls face forward into the ice bath and dies. Good thought. Good thought. I like this. I like this. That's so how it I looks see like me going. Yeah. So it looks like just some freaky stuff's going on. I hope I die in a freaky way. Like I really <laughs> do. Like I don't want to go any other way. Like I want it to be like real, like awkward for the paramedics. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, never mind. <laughs> you got a way that I should kill myself. I was just thinking, like. <laughs> You're you want to choke to death on a dick. But yes. not even that, like, you're masturbating. You have, like, a whole setup of, like, different toys. So you can just, like, bounce between one and the other toy. So you have, like, 18 toys on the bed. And then you're, like, in, like, you know, your little form. And you die. But nobody finds you for, like, eight hours. So you're, like, stuck in that position. And oh, you have, yes. like, everything And then the paramedic has to pick still, me up that way. Like, there's stuff still... <laughs> There's stuff still stuck inside of you, too. So even they pick you up, it's just, like, dangling right there. Like, or I want them to pick me up and stuff start just dropping. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this would be so much fun. <laughs> the paramedics show up, and you, you just see, they walk in the room. They hear <laughs> Still going. <laughs> or, you know, when it's all disco mode. <laughs> 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 like, what the fuck is that? Oh. And then, like, Marvin Gaye will be in the background. <laughs> and, like, they're moving you, and you're st- you're just still vibrating inside. Like, there's still wait, stuff but inside. Wait, but wait, make sure when you die you have this face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> or, say, I love, Sandy, make your cum face. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know it. What the fuck she... was that? <laughs> that I think face. It's this. That's face. That's the face. You're like. <laughs> this is it. That. <laughs> that face. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know it. 
I would close uh, my eyes if I was on top of you. <laughs> That's why Kim does. I'm pretty sure he does. <laughs> you about to come? Okay, hold on. Let me have some this all blind. Uh, oh no, Jim, Jim closes his eyes while they're having sex just so he can make believe that someone actually wants to have sex with him that's underneath him. True. Instead that's of true. hearing, Jim, can't you do this better? <laughs> Can you can you do this? Oh my god! Oh, wait, wait, already. I got I, things I, to do. I will compliment Jim on this because we were talking about how I complain about everything. I will literally complain to no end. And I said the one thing I actually don't complain too much about is our sex life. Too like, much. Too, too much. much. I like, mean, she still complains. Everybody complains. <laughs> like, come on, let's let's mix it up a tiny bit here and there. But overall, generally, I don't complain about it. She tells me the other day, she was such. She's like, Jim actually did a good job. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, that came out wrong. <laughs> I meant he was trying new things and he did a good job. Good job. <laughs> but like, I, I didn't lead Game with he was trying ever. new yeah. things. I just said he actually did a good job, and I was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> When you were done, you gave him a pat on the back. You're like, that's good boy. Good boy. I won't tell you. I, I, I say, thanks. <laughs> and then walk away. <laughs> I, I, I do that to Brian. I'll, I'll get up and up like, your money's on your nightstand. <laughs> we always, after, like, you know, we do it and then we get settled and we go to bed. We, like, always kiss goodnight. But, like, after sex nights, like, I just made out with you for three minutes. I don't want to. <laughs> three minutes. <laughs> That's how long I, sex takes. Yep. I don't want to give you a kiss tonight. <laughs> so we'll do like a quick peck. And then I'll just be like, thanks for sex. And just like roll over. <laughs> like it's always just like a thanks. Bye. Done with you. See you in a week. What was that movie? There, there was a movie I remember um, that uh, the girl and the guy or whatever were like getting on, and then they got an argument or whatever afterwards. And she's like, "Thanks a lot. Thanks for ruining the best three minutes of my entire day." And he was like, "It was more like five. <laughs> That's I know Jim. what you're talking about. I can't think of what the yeah. movie is. Well, it was so funny. I was texting Amanda like one day about something, and. Oh, we were we had to play Mario Kart, and she was charging her uh, controllers. So it's like, okay, we're gonna have sex real fast. We back down in five minutes. So I mean, it was like ten minutes later, but I texted her and I was like, "All right, you ready?" She's like, "Oh, you guys are done that fast." <laughs> how did we get from how did we get from hockey to gym lasting two minutes? <laughs> two minutes and thirty nine seconds. All right. Well, I'll tell you about our last meal. So Does we have. I know. I wish. I wish. I Somebody like, requested a dick. I wish. I'm gonna find that. This one was just very obscure, so I went with this one. So we have Victor Figu, Figuler, Fig, Figure, Figure. Um, he was convicted of murdering uh, Doctor Edward Brattles. Um, Doctor Edward Brattles. He wanted to see what drugs he had on him because Victor was into drugs and so he killed him 
Um, he was executed by hanging on March 15th, 1963 in Iowa. Ooh. His yeah. last meal, he chose a single olive with a pit. Oh, I remember this guy. Yeah, yeah. I was looking yep. at him. The olive pit was found in his suit pocket when he was buried. He hoped that a tree that symbolized peace would sprout from his grave. Did it? No. No. Oh. <laughs> that would have been a pretty cool story. I think yeah. you have to bury the pit in the thing and, you know, certain care needs to go into it, not just in your pocket. Well, I mean, I mean if I mean, he was in a coffin, I could see why not. But, like, yeah. if maybe they just threw him in a hole, it might have. I don't know. I, I mean, it's quite possible, but... I still I, think yeah, they get, they, like, wooden boxes, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah if he's yeah. in a prison, it would he would have just gone in a wooden box at that time, I think, in yeah. the 60s. But, yeah. yeah. But, and then one last order of business before we close out. Um... Upcoming in the beginning of July, I will be on vacation for uh, two weeks almost. Uh, so we are looking for a fan person <laughs> enthusiast. Both of you, you know, either one <laughs> <Yeah>. of you, <laughs> anyone who's listening, <laughs> I, who would like to sub in for me for the week. You have the option of presenting a case to Monica and Robin, or if you would just like to have a case, listen to a case and throw in some commentary. Whore Either talk one. is always good. Yep. Or non whore talk. Or non whore talk. If it can you be a really man, want to make it, it could awkward. be a woman, it could yes. be a farm animal. All Literally. Apply. <laughs> just somebody fill in so they can still have an episode while I'm enjoying a lot of alcoholic beverages on the beach. So please write us. Um, we can be reached at themurdermaidens13 at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Maidens Murder. And on our website at murdermaidens.com. You can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, and our site. Please give us a thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button. Subscribe button. And, <laughs> and drop us a comment. Until next time, don't get murdered. Don't murder anyone? <laughs> oh, yeah. And don't do nothing we let him do. <laughs> Good job, ladies. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>